You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast with Soonerscoop.com's entire crew, including um, Josh McQuistian, Eddie Radosevich, Bob Prisbillo. I am your host, uh, Kerry Murdoch, trying to hold it down as we have just passed another national signing day. Sooners uh, have a very good day. Uh, Brent Venable's Wi-Fi was not great, uh, but we'll rectify that today with another try at the head coach. Uh, but we did get a chance to talk to Jeff Levy, to uh, Todd Roof, and um, from a dorm, was it? Do you think? I, that's the thing. Like, I think, guys, I'm not sure, but... In the craziness of this all, and and maybe we can ask Brent about it today. Like you think about him flying in on that jet, and everything that's gone on the the total chaos. Like was yesterday the first day he went back home since he flew into Norman on that jet? It it might have been. I mean, those guys are so busy with recruiting, and this. I mean, maybe he had a chance to fly back out real quick and run sure. home and stuff, but I think there's a possibility. Like, yesterday's the first time he was back at his house since he got hired. I'm sure that, uh, yeah, I'm sure that they, like, were able to send stuff over here, but uh, since he took over, I mean, he went straight into press conferences and kind of getting the bearings. He might have gone back during... Like, right after he had his first press conferences. Yeah, uh, yep. during that, like, right after... Well, surely uh, at, at oh, Christmas, right? Yeah, sure. exactly. but I mean, they went well, I, to. They w- I didn't know if he practiced. Uh, <laughs> but didn't they fly? Well, he didn't fly <laughs> with the team to the bowl game, so I guess he could have done it then. Yeah. No. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he came in on the what was that, Bob? The Monday before he was out at practice, and that was the first time he had been down in San Antonio. But think about it just from his yeah, perspective. He came after our availability was done, you think about right. it from his perspective. Like he did not have much time to breathe. Like. We we it was seemed hectic and chaotic for us, but think about for him with recruiting and being on the road and trying to finish off a class. And let's start there, uh, Josh, and and let's go to you. Just tell, let's go over just exactly what happened yesterday, what didn't happen, uh, and then apparently you have a big name reclassifying today uh, that also now puts OU with the possibility of having another player in the twenty twenty two class. Yeah, and you know, in that vein, we'll, we'll start with the the news of the morning, and that's Lebius Overton, the big five star defensive lineman from Georgia, uh, announcing that he's going to reclassify to twenty twenty two. And when he, you know, simultaneously as he made that announcement, he also announced his final five that Oklahoma is a part of. Now, 
What's interesting to me is in repeated interviews, including the one he did with you all yesterday, he talked about having a few guys they still wanted to try and land. I've got to think that he knew about this situation because it sounds very much like OU is there largely built on his relationship with Todd, uh, Lebius's relationship with Todd Bates. So I think they knew, obviously, Josh Connerly is also part of that, the big offensive lineman from Washington. So o- Oklahoma's still got some things they're looking at. And, I, and I, talking to some people last night, I get the feeling that the portal is still going to be um, something they look at probably almost exclusively on the offensive side of the ball where you might see them uh, make a move or two, just kind of depending on what becomes available in the spring. But um, though, those are the two names that obviously still have to be kind of monitored and watched. And for those that don't know, Lebius Overton is the son of former Oklahoma offensive lineman Milton Overton. So there's a, there's some connection there. He visited several times. Um, I He likes Oklahoma. I think the belief is absolutely that it's going to come down to Georgia and A&M. Uh, visited both of those three or more times. Uh, lives in Georgia, so obviously a lot of UGA connection. Their national championship, there's a lot of draw. Um, but though, you know, like I said, those are the two to watch. Um, as far as yesterday, we, we can get into the individuals, but you know, I, I tweeted it out this morning and I thought it was interesting. There were four, OU landed four new commitments yesterday that ended up signing with their class. There haven't been four new commitments on signing day since 2007. For those that can't kind of place what that means, that class included Travis Lewis and Ryan Broyles. Like that tells you the timeline you're talking about there. I mean, and when you say that, you're way back. You're not saying total class sign. Like you're saying people made their decision on on signing day and signed with Oklahoma. Like picked them over others. Yeah, absolutely. And I need to go back and see how that compares to some of the. now, you know, over the last few years, the early signing period dates, you know, where there have been more announcements, obviously, than in February for Oklahoma. But I still bet that four is a big number on any signing day for really anybody. So, and, and you know, it, it says something. A couple of those kids are from Florida. I've talked for years. Florida guys just run long. They always do. Now, this one is more understandable. I mean, these are guys that Oklahoma hadn't even offered, um, you know, at the time of the early signing period, or I guess Moten had been offered and R. Mason Thomas, but you know, Jamarian Burt didn't have an offer. So there, there's, um, it's really interesting. Like I said, it was a bigger day than we're used to dealing with on signing day itself. When we've known for God, two decades, Oklahoma does most of their work in, in you know, late November, early December and in the summer that that's always been, they're clear areas of emphasis. And, you know, we'll see what happens with the new staff here, but you would expect that to largely continue. Or any of the four guys that, that did end up signing yesterday, uh, Josh or Bob or Car- I, whoever, was it undersold? Like, are we going to look back and go, that was a lot bigger than we probably thought it was at the time, whether it be an R. Mason Thomas and being able to, uh, you know, get him and, and probably in the thinking that, they weren't going to be able to get somebody had there not been a coaching change or or even a, a Jermarion Burt. Jamarion. I need to make that. I need to get that <laughs> I was going right. to say, do we? <laughs> Jamarion. I just got tripped. Is it, isn't it now, well, I thought it when with the E-E-N? Jamarion. Jamarion. Yes. Got it. 
Yeah, that's yeah. To, now to I thought Carrie at the start I, of the show said Todd Roof. He did, and say so that. I, I, I thought we were Roof. just on a pattern here. I'm getting I, I, he sounds instantly Ted. like in his early 30s. Yeah, TD and Ted. It's just like I, you know, that's a lot to take in. I just call him Father <laughs> Roof. I mean, after hearing his lovely voice yesterday, but Bob, go I ahead. Was, I mean, you you actually wanted to talk nice. about recruiting. <laughs> I, I think Ted Roof can just answer the question. I, I would I would hire Ted it, Roof to read me. <laughs> Um, my home warranty information. I mean, like, it's just just a beautiful <laughs> voice. He he no, like I, I may see if he has some cameo opportunities. If he'll read some books to the girls at night, I'll just record them and Speaking play them. You know, well, so he you can read. You know where the wild things are. Cameo. You have to be asked to be on cameo, Josh. Uh, and luckily, oh okay. <laughs> well, get Ted Roof on mm-hmm. cameo, Eddie. I mean, I, we'll see. We'll see. We'll have I to mean, fill them out more. I mean, I just can't refer anybody, you know? <laughs> but anyway, I'm Bob, sorry. I totally you, railroaded you, Bob. Yeah, Bob. No, no. I, I derailed it. That's That one's on me. That one's on me. I, I go with R. Mason Thomas just because I think the natural assumption the whole time was that him and Ahmad Moten were going to be a package deal, despite the fact R. Mason kept saying they weren't. I think he's just like, come on, they're teammates. They're going the same places at the same time. You know they're going to go together. And you thought, well, with Miami getting the last visit, they're Miami kids. They're going to be Hurricanes. And to get R. Mason, and then to get Ted Rook to sort of explain, hey, we didn't have you know the scholarship available at Clemson to try to make that offer. But man, when we got here, we knew he was like the first one we had to go after. So it's like, they understood how important he can be. And they don't, you know, care at all about the three-star ranking. That's next. That's next to his name. Uh, for me, it's Jamarian Burt. I, I think, you know, and I don't know if you guys, I know we talked a little bit about it through DM. I, I kind of went back and watched, you know, all the coaches talking through their classes and who they, and Brandon Hall talking about Jamarian Burt, and it, it sounds like he may start at safety rather than corner where we've got him listed on rivals. Uh, I, I think he feels like that kid could be an absolute steal. I mean, just one of those kids from Florida. There, it's one of those things that it's hard for people to understand, and I say it all the time when people will tell me, oh, these Oklahoma kids are rated too low. Man, you haven't been down to Florida. Like, everywhere you look in Florida, there's a DB that can friggin' play. And Jamarian Burt, to me, I, when I watch his tape, I see a guy that can turn and run. I see length. He's incredibly violent when he arrives. Like, this isn't your soft little corner that's just going to try to wrap up and get his guy to the ground. Like, he arrives with, you know, violence. It, he, he is His tape is one of the more fun tapes in this whole class to watch. But um, I, I think he could absolutely be one of those guys that we look back on and say, you know, maybe maybe he was a little overlooked. But I'll be honest, I, I really like, um, in different ways, all four of these guys. I like Thomas a lot. Bob's right. He's a he's a naturally gifted pass rusher. Kevontae Henry, that length and his athleticism, but he's so raw. Like, you don't know what he's going to be, but he's a good running back. Like, you watch his tape and you're like, that dude could play some ball somewhere as a running back if he wanted to. But, you you know, you talk about a big, big-framed guy. He probably can get into that 250, 260 range if he can keep his athleticism. I mean, there's a lot to like. Grayson Halton, I think maybe of the four, 
is the most ready to help early on because of his frame and the way he's put together. Um, I don't know that he has the upside of the other three, but like I said, in all, all, all four of them, I find, I mean, like I, I think Oklahoma did a nice job finding guys who could help, not just, Oh, we need a body here. We need a body there. Like the, these guys can help OU. And I think in a couple of cases could be, you know, difference makers. What Josh, what, what, Grayson? what do we know kind of about the madness of, uh, the the previous 72 hours with with Henry yeah so uh, you know it, it was funny because talking to people really Friday and Saturday it, it felt like and I mean maybe Bob will feel differently or can back me up on it it felt like he was gone like it felt like okay he's going to Arizona he's going to follow uh the, several of the guys Arizona has signed in um from the Los Angeles area they've really I know people are like, oh, that's crazy. They've they've done a nice job. They really have. Um, I mean, they're they've got a top twenty five class in Arizona, including a five star from Anaheim Servite. So, um, you know, you're talking about just a really a good Los Angeles based class, and obviously much closer to home. But I, I think it's a. I mean, really, if you want to give one guy, you know, his flowers, his credit. Is it's Miguel Chavis? I think he stayed in the fight. He never gave up on it. Um, I, I, from what I can gather, Henry went back home. Oklahoma talked with him several times, and really, I got the impression that by Tuesday night, Oklahoma was pretty confident. They 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 had a pretty good feeling of what was going to happen. And then as the day wore on, you just kept talking to people and talking to people, and it sounded like okay, yeah, I mean, this is going to be OU. And it's just crazy how it turned because this time last week it was certainty that it was OU and he was going to visit Florida. Well, then he makes the last second change and goes to Arizona and it sounded like Arizona just had all this momentum and really had made a big move with him. And then within 48 hours, it it was all back with Oklahoma again. So it's it, it just tells you in recruiting how fast these things can turn and when you have guys that can build relationships like Brent and this whole staff talks about, you can stem the tide of this stuff sometimes. It's not, you know, oh, well, they're really flashy too, and they have this. It's, you know, we. this is what we believe we can do with you. We, we can make you a, you know, whatever OU's pitch is, they can sell it because there's a little more connection than just what we can do for you. Like they keep talking about, you know, uh, was it relational instead of transactional? Josh, this might not be fair to Kevante, but I sort of wondered that when we all got the impression Moten was heading to Miami, did that open the door up for Henry? I know they're at different positions. One's tackle, one's, you know, edge rusher, def- uh, def- uh, defensive end. But you think there's any correlation that maybe they couldn't take both of them? Couldn't take all five that they wanted, but with Moten going away, that opened the door for for Henry to come back in. I can't say that I've had that conversation with anybody, but it makes some sense, Bob, because when you look at it, you talk about, um, you know, like I said, I've already heard that, you know, if OU is going to look in the portal, it looks like it's going to be on the offensive side of the ball. So they feel good about those defensive numbers. And I think they have... Uh, they're 21, I believe 11 are on the defensive side of the ball if, I, I, if I've got my numbers right. Um, so, you know, you've got that going on. 
And so it makes some sense. Now, I, I honestly, I feel like they would have made it work either way. I, I feel like they really like Henry's potential. Moten is a guy that, you know, you just, it's hard to find big athletic bodies, and it's never bad to do so at a really good program like Cardinal Gibbons. So I, if, I feel like, again, I feel like they would have made it work, but I absolutely could see your point, and there are some things that seem to make that make sense. Three of the four guys yesterday were Miguel Chavis responsibilities, right? Or Mason Thomas, Grayson Halton, and uh, Cavante Henry? Yep. He he definitely opened the recruiting. I, I would say Bates right. got involved um, you okay. know, as time went on, especially with Halton, who, who's going to be a little right. bit yeah. you know, more of an inside guy. But, I mean, sure. I, I don't want to take any credit away. I am very impressed with the early returns from Miguel Chavis. He's done a very nice job. Was it Halton that said that his parents were moved to, almost moved to ta- uh, tears by Brent Venable's in-home visit? Did that, you guys see that, that is what I had read. I yeah, I read that same quote. Um, <laughs> that you know, it was just like that. It's something like they were moved to tears and couldn't believe I had the chance to play for a guy like this or something like that. I mean, it really. Yeah, I gotta like, admit, I did get, I did get a little emotional watching that rivals interview with Adam Gorney yesterday. Although, you know, not so much an inter- an interview as just, hey Brent, yeah, why don't you talk about recruiting? And then he just goes and goes, but. Just the passion that he has, it's amazing. And, I mean, the it is – and I've watched some of the stuff like with Toby uh, that they did for Sooner Sports TV. And, it, you know, we talked to him yesterday. We'll talk to him again today. But just the overall thought that he has put into running a program and, you know, his philosophy on recruiting and his philosophy on, on just being a football player, like – he puts so much thought and he believes in it so much and there's so much passion behind every little aspect of of you know what it means to be in in college football for him. It's I can see how he can win people over easily when he goes at home like that. And and that's remember we talked about that a couple weeks ago or like when it's the in-home visit time, that's when Venables and OU is really going to shine when in previous years maybe that's when they took a back a uh backward step and we just even go to junior day with angie wisner who just might as well be on the staff for ou when you look at the tweets that that she put up this weekend someone who's visited when the previous regime was here and then comes back saturday with with trey the 2023 running back prospect and is just blown away and just notices the night and day difference that is there with Benable leading the charge now if I could forecast Angie Wisner's commitment, I would I would feel very good about forecasting what what is on her brain. But to to back, I just got to looking, guys. We were talking about the length of that that answer that Brent gives in that rivals interview. I'm looking at all the other coaching interviews they did. Uh, Marcus Freeman eight minutes. David Shaw seven minutes. Uh, you know Shane Beamer nine minutes. Kyle Whittingham eight minutes. Uh, Brent Venables, 13 and a half minutes. Like, it's just so much longer than any, you know, where I'm sure Adam had three or four questions he wanted to ask each head coach. But when Brent go, I mean, what well, that answer had to be six and a half minutes, right? Like, it, it was, impre- like, I kept thinking of what Bob would feel like trying to transcribe that answer. Well, even though the, you know, the audio was garbled 
yesterday that it went 31 minutes for an opening statement and five questions. <laughs> Brent's got a lot to say. <laughs> that's that's I mean, amazing. Gordy I mean, like, and it's not bad. It's the 13-minute uh, video that Rivals put up. And I think the last question was more just a statement. It's like is it? <laughs> it was like a comment. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, he didn't uh, want to open him yeah. up and have like a twenty-minute <laughs> interview. See, I kind of was—I was hoping for that. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be like a forty-five-minute interview." Hey, Brent. Hey, Brent is—he's uh, futuristic. He's now a head coach built for podcasts. You can do a two-hour interview with him every time and just release a podcast. No kidding. Am I looking into everything that was like? Is it just purely a coincidence that there's been so many things that could be looked as maybe shade being thrown to the former head coach? Am I just looking for something that maybe isn't there? Do you mean from the staff or do you mean from like the words that yeah. recruits and things are saying? From 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 the staff, mainly from Brent Venables, more specifically stuff sitting around like Caleb Williams and when he was talking about uh, you know, I think it was Kersey's question yesterday, just as, or maybe Bailey's question as far as like when they moved on. I know it was kind of broken up in between, but it was basically like, if you enter the portal, you're telling us you don't want to be here. We're going to operate like you're not going to be here. And that, right. that's everything he was saying, that we had heard. Like, you have ways to figure out if you still belong here without going into the portal first. Right. And that it's almost like you've made up your mind by going into the portal like you know that you don't want to be here and that's how venables and the staff has to react accordingly yeah it's it almost just him just like, confirming I, like you know well once he went into the portal we knew that you know that things were going in the wrong direction so right i think he said it, it was, was like, a couple was of like weeks we, after that and then it was pretty much done or they were pretty much done yeah I just think that like some of the stuff could be looked at, like looking back on it, and it's easy to say this now, but looking back at some of the stuff that he has said and just, I guess, the emphasis. Emphasis. Over Anyway. Did it. There you go. Like some of the stuff, it looks like it's like, is he taking a shot at? I, I don't think it's a direct shot, but I think your I emotions think are a little clouded in this. I, I think that you're looking for more. Sure. I mean, you've been through a tough okay. week. I mean, after being blocked, uh, I mean, I, 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 I would have a hard time seeing things, you know, objectively as well. I mean, by the way, let me go check and make sure I haven't been blocked today. Act of war. What a f***ing scumbag. I I be I'll be honest. Like, how is the how is the counseling going, Eddie? Like, are you how are thing how are you feeling? The uh, I think the courts have uh, decided that a restraining order would be best, and I'm not going to be the one that's filing it. <laughs> I'm currently not blocked, so I if haven't I, done anything today. If we didn't have Bedlam basketball this weekend, like I'm I am giving serious thought. To flying to LA and doing a uh, like TMZ ambush interview, like trying to get him out, like walking out of the facility or something. I actually think it would be pretty funny, and I think oh, he, be I think he would take it pretty funny. I don't think it's like he's mad because I've talked to people that are out there, and I don't think it's like a mad thing. I think he's just tired. You think of like me. maybe Annie Hansen blocked you? 
Like, no, whoever, she, whoever no. it is. Like, she there's always been. They, no, they no, no, no. I'm saying she Everybody got on Lincoln's account and for... blocked you, like, for his own good or yeah, something. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I know for a fact, though, when he was here, there was only like two or three people that had access. It was Lincoln and like two other people. Right. I'd heard Annie the same was thing. One of them. No, I think you're right. Oh, well. It, it, like I've told some people this week. It's better for me that he did block me. It just shows that you, you know, you were living in his his head a little bit. I'm walking around in his head. I'm making Mike Morgan underpredict forecasts. Man, <laughs> the dry slot wasn't there. The dry slot was not there. He's a little obsessed oh, with well. you. I mean, that that son of a bitch. That's it's like we were talking about yesterday in the war room. Some <laughs> of the stuff that you see on ESPN, Oof. it's just like, how the, like, who is this person? Between this him and Jimbo. Jimbo. I will say, see, I, like, I like was watching, like Jimbo. I was watching the, by the way, Josh is going to love this, because I was trying to flip between ESPN U and NFL Network to watch the Senior Bowl coverage, and when their Senior Bowl coverage ended on ESPN U, it went to a, a national recruiting show, which was just a disaster both from uh, a guest standpoint and just a Tom Luganbill standpoint. Sorry, Josh, I brought up the name that you don't want mentioned. Um, Damn it. But I sat there, and then when Lincoln Riley came on and was being interviewed, like, I'm I'm with you, Bob. Like, it's it's almost hard to just hear him speak. It, it makes me feel, like, a little sick to my stomach. And I don't know why that is. Visceral reaction to it. Yes. My body literally says, like, I I want to dispose of something that's going on right now. I just don't like listening to it. It's just like he's full of shit. He's full of shit. But aren't most coaches full of shit? Well, that's here's the thing. You really think everything that Jimbo Fisher said yesterday was legitimate about sliced bread? No, but the thing about it is, is he didn't have a Jimbo damn Fisher, website right. <laughs> Jimbo Fisher knows he's a scumbag. He's accepted that he's a scumbag, and I think he kind of likes it. And Bruce he's on Pearl, the right track here. Keep going. Bruce, Bruce Pearl knows he's a scumbag. Keep going. Does Lane Kiffin know like, he's Lincoln a scumbag? Riley's, he's a sociopath. He doesn't think it exactly. I think he feels like it's kind of like the the where I was with the Williams. Uh, clan after a while after like he entered the portal and all that fallout and that stuff it's like these people think that they're pulling a fast one on everybody and I just don't think that's the case you know it is to me it's telling and you know people can probably blame me and the sooner summit by the way um man when I shit on something it goes bad doesn't it like yeah, I shit you, on this like who do you who's next I don't know. I haven't picked my. I haven't. I, my my bullshit radar has not gone off yet on anything. Like, I just. I don't know. It, it, to me, it's telling that the we never, even though we had his publicist information, even though I did an article with Carl Williams that I thought was a good article, it was the first time anybody yeah. got him to say that he would have walked on even if he hadn't offered him a scholarship, like. It, to me, it's telling that we could never develop a relationship with the Williams family. 
because I think like they, I think mm -hmm. we are the most anti bullshit outlet out there. That's not, you know, a, a paper of record. Like I, I just, I think people know we just, you can't sell us a bunch of, of, of hot air. Yeah. Because we don't want to be your friends. We don't want to buy you fireworks. You're like Suge Knight at the uh, the movie awards, all the or the BET awards years ago. I'm not, not starting be an East videos. Coast West Coast rap battle. I mean, I'm not trying to get shot. Yeah, well, I mean, cool. is that what we're getting shooters. to? Like, like, no, no, my no God, am I Tupac all of a sudden? What the hell is going to happen? Street cred wise, street cred wise, think about the merch we could sell if one of us got shot. <laughs> oh. Merch? Are you saying I should have took should have took one for the team a couple years ago? I mean, I'll shoot myself right now. I mean, we have been like, shot at, yeah, in, like in the knee or something. I mean, watch Would out. Would we just sell out. a shirt that like yeah. has like a red spot wherever we got hit on the torso? Lincoln, you better get out of that stadium when you play in the Rose Bowl as quick as you can. I'm just telling you, <laughs> we've been shot at. I mean, and it'll be people, you know, wearing, you know, Rush Three Drop Eight shirts in blue and gold. <laughs> By the way, those have been doing really well. <laughs> Should we start selling the Rush 3 Drop 8 shirt with, like, a little uh, hole, hole in it? Like, oh, the backside of it? my God. Duvar, Duvar. I could, I could, uh, I could put some of those in there. But it, it can't so, be, like, a manufacturer. Woody, this week on the pod, we said. <laughs> See, I, like, Eddie asked me about this, too, and I'll give a shout-out to Neil Kinn, uh, if you're listening, Neil. Like, he hit me up a while ago, and I never answered him back, and I really deserve to give him a, a, a message. But he was like, hey, uh, I, I have this design for T-Bow shirts. I was wondering if we could sell them on your merch store and work out a deal. And I thought about it, and Eddie was like, when are we selling T-Bow shirts? And I was like, I just... T-B-O-W. Is it just T-B-O-W? We can't say T-Bow? Like... You're the only one that says T-Bow. The only one that says it's just so easy. It's it's. I mean, I don't want to spell out T-B-O-W. I'm lazy. I'm sorry, but I see T-Bow. T-Bow. Well, there's a T-Bow. I don't want to disrespect Mr. Circumcision. Okay, I'm trying not to disrespect him. Um. So, but my thought was like, okay, you know, we're doing nil stuff. It's really not a good look for us to promote the calling of a former coach a bitch. Like I just I I think it's better we stay. I'll let other people do that. <laughs> funny, because I mean there are still people on the team that you know don't hate Lincoln Riley. Probably wouldn't appreciate us calling him a bitch or selling merch that calls him a bitch. That's why I just call him a scumbag. That's much better. Yeah, that 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 sort that really <laughs> clears the gap. There. Although truth be told, if you you know I don't want to turn into a certain person, uh, but if if people are 100 percent on, you put them on a lie detector, and you said, "Do you still like Lincoln Riley?" I wonder how many people would fail that test if they said yes. Even people that are still working for him. Oh yeah, we know that. This is the kind the, of thing that's going to get us all blocked. It is what it is. I mean, I think the most surprising thing about the whole, like this whole, now that the chapter's closed, everybody I think is seemingly moving on except for social media, which, you know, I don't think people are necessarily ever going to move on because that's what social media does. Right. But at the same time, like the 
water carrying that's been done by some of the national reporters has been, I don't know, I guess slightly disappointing. I know it's the biggest story in college football with Caleb Williams going out there and, you know, USC, people want USC to be good. I get that. It's just been kind of disgusting the way that I feel like some narratives have played out from the Los Angeles side of things. Is it, and that's me just being a complete bitch about it. I realize that. Which is the worst narrative right now? That USC is going to be a playoff team next year or that, whoa, 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 this team, there's massive problems. Which I don't know which one's worse and which one. Oh, you having massive problems? No, 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 no. USC. Like, it's there is one side of L.A. that seems to feel like this team's going to the playoff because they've got Caleb Williams and Mario Williams. And then the other people are like, whoa, this defense has massive problems, not to mention the offensive line and everything else. But, you know, uh, again, everybody's just getting crazy. By the way, it's kind of what is that what Thamel wrote? Basically, like everybody needs no, yeah. breaks because Feldman. no, it's Feldman. Feldman oh, was wrote it Feldman? that. Yeah. Okay. Feldman. Okay. My yeah. But no, I mean, it is like it's just like rush three, drop eight. It's like there are issues there, and it doesn't matter what Lincoln Riley's offense does. When I heard Lincoln talk yesterday, I ba- this is basically what I heard. Yeah, when we got here, we realized that there's not a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Like basically, I, Alex Grinch has his work cut out for him. I, I I've heard from multiple people that the the talent was worse than they realized. I mean, it, how could it be? If, if you're USC and you go four and eight, how could the talent be good? No, that, USC has no excuse to ever be worse than nine and three, with the way right. they're located, the other programs that are in that area, like they should fall into nine wins. Like, that should just happen by dumbass luck. I mean, Utah, they came out of nowhere and just took over that conference. I, I Somebody said, I think yesterday, I think it was listening to maybe it was Brandon Huffman, uh, Utah's been to three of the last four Pac-12 championship games. But they hadn't that- won any, right? Until this year? No, they won this year. No, I yeah. mean, um, before yeah, yeah. this year, they hadn't right. won one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but they're representing the South. Like, that's USC. That's UCLA. I mean, there there's some good football in Utah. I mean, there's some good football players in Utah. But, God, USC and UCLA, there's that, that's just inexcusable. Is Kyle Whittingham one of those guys like a Mike Gundy that does a lot – like? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure that, like, we know how good Mike Gundy has been over the last 10 years and what he's done with the Oklahoma State program. Is Kyle Whittingham one of those guys that does a lot more with basically less than everybody else? Like, I think he's really, really good. Yeah. that they're They are, and they're really good about finding guys like the uh, the Lloyd kid this year that's, that just was awesome. Um, finding those guys that have kind of the, the raw pieces – but are two years away from really being anybody and just saying, hey, we're going to let this guy, he'll come into the program. If he'll buy in, he'll do the things we want him to do. In three years, we might really have something. And they're patient enough to let that be and let that happen. And again, and, you know, I, I say patient enough. There are some schools where you can't do that. You know, guys, we all know it. Like, 
after the freshman year, we'll get people on the board. Is so-and-so a bust? He's been here for nine months. Calm down. Like, calm down. But you, you just, yeah. I mean, that that's that's OU. And that, I mean, that's that's the good and the bad of being at a program like Oklahoma. The expectations are so absurd, it's, it's hard to live up to those for some of these high-profile recruits. At Utah, I, I, I mean, you know, I'm not saying the people of Utah don't care, but it's not the same... It's not the same level. You're it's like we were talking progress. about last week. Yeah, the, people will will be patient with you if you, you know, if if he fires out seven and five, they're gonna be like, well, yeah, but look how good we've been the last few years. You fire at seven and five at OU after winning a national championship, people are gonna be calling for you to be fired. Well, and the other thing is, they've always they've done it with experienced quarterbacks that have been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now you have Cam Rising, who is an experienced quarterback, but he's also very talented. Destroying the athletic head theory, just just murdering it. Uh, it's very troubling. Um, <laughs> that theory was working perfectly until last year, because I mean I watched him quite a few times, and I was like, "Damn it, he's good! Like he is overcoming the head." Well, I think it, it makes me feel examples. good. Go ahead, Eddie. Oh no, go go ahead. No, I, I was going to say it makes me feel good because I loved his junior tape. I was like, this guy's really good. I thought, you know, that's Riley had found a dude, and then his senior stuff was just okay. And he, you know, he committed yeah. to Texas and washed out of there pretty quick. And you were like, damn, maybe, mate, like that was just all wrong. And then you watch him this year, like, no, no, he, he's pretty good. Like he's pretty talented. I'm not saying he's a superstar, but like that's that's the best quarterback Utah's had, you know. In you know, I guess I would say what since probably uh, uh yeah the Alex Chiefs Smith. guy Alex, Alex Smith yeah yeah I couldn't think of last mm-hmm. I kept wanting to say Markham who is our Utah publisher but I knew that was obviously not right so it is yeah, it is Smith. kind of bizarre got- like our, some of our quarterback pod battles like we still don't know the answer between uh, Justin Fields and uh, and Lawrence. Who's the who's going to be the better quarterback? Well, well I mean, now that the Bears that have a, both are have a head coach. goddamn good, but it's who's better, and that's it. Yeah. The NFL is going to separate <laughs> those two at some point. So like that's always like the Michael Jordan Kobe thing. It's like why can't we just say that they're both really, really, really because good? they were in the same class and one was ranked one and the other was ranked two. Like Michael they're Jordan, Michael Jordan. Was in the he was drafted with Sam Bowie. Like you can, like the NBA <laughs> separates those guys. Sam Bowie was drafted yeah, before they, him. They're both being paid to play football. They both oh won. They God. both won the race. Participation trophy. Just sometimes. <laughs> with on this one. Sometimes it's set up perfectly God, where you yeah, Bob get knows that Justin Fields won that battle. <laughs> But then you have Joe Burrow in the middle of that too, like transfers out and that you know of that whole thing, and now he's the best quarterback. Like he's better than both of those guys. No kidding. He's he really is unbelievable. I mean, he is right now. He becomes the next Tom Brady if the Bengals win the Super Bowl. I I, mean, I guess no one agrees with that. No, it, I it, I lost the the signal. It's something if he wins the Super Bowl, I didn't. Hear I said he becomes the next the, Tom yeah, Brady if the Bengals cut. wins the Super oh, Bowl. Okay, okay. 
Oh, I don't. I mean, I think he'd probably become more of like a, in speaking of like a Patrick Mahomes type than the top of the mountain. I'm just right? saying he's on track to be, I, I guess I should have said it that way. Like guy that wins yeah. it in his second year. Sure. I guess Pat did, didn't he? Or was that his third year? That was his third, I think. Well, because his first year he's in, he, he technically he redshirted walked, basically, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I yeah I I know I got us off track on, but no I I. It's just amazing to me that some of these battles that we've talked about for years and years are still playing out. Like that kind of goes to your point, Josh, about how people want people to be failures nine months if they're not star, you know stars. Oh yeah, I mean I mean guys, it's. You know, you bring up Trevor Lawrence. People are already trying to label Trevor Lawrence as a bust, and you're like, man, plays I, I one think of the worst he got thrown in into the about yeah. the worst NFL situation I've ever seen for a rookie quarterback. I mean, his his coach clearly was not prepared to be at that level and was just a toxic environment all around him. He had Vegas. Yeah, I mean, his coach just threw him under the bus about a bachelor party. That's 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 just amazing. Um well, let me. But let's. I, let's I, I guess. Let's. I, that's another say, let's example get, of somebody yeah. that knows he's a scumbag and has accepted the fact that he's a scumbag, and he just continues to live life. Uh. So okay. So I let's mean, let's Aaron Hernandez Barry body talk about the uh, offensive side of the ball. Uh, we did talk to Jeff Levy yesterday. Uh, did not sugarcoat his quarterback situation. Didn't try and play it up like yeah. Uh. We need uh, Dylan Gabriel to go in and win this job. He's just like, it's his job. Like, he's going in the spring as our quarterback. And maybe, you know, if you have Jackson Dart, you probably don't say that. But um, it kind of just shows you, Nick Evers, like, it's not your time yet. It's, it's Dylan Gabriel's time. And it was kind of refreshing. Yeah, I... Isn't it, is it Dylan Gabriel's time by default almost? I thought, like, I, I laughed out loud when he was like, well, Dylan Gabriel's the only quarterback that really is throwing a, a pass in a game right now. So I think we're going to go that direction. I, I thought that was pretty funny. And I mean, Nick Evers has been pretty open about the idea that he wants to come in and I don't think he's actually said red shirt, but I think he knows the reality of the situation. He needs to learn and, uh, you know, get his freshman season under his belt. It's good that he's in early to learn the offense. But I, you know, listen to Jeff Levy talk. He, he definitely has the, uh, I don't know, would it be like a coach's, coach's tone? Yeah, I would agree with that. And I did talk to Evers, and we'll, we'll probably do that story in the next, next couple of weeks. And you could just sort of hear, like, He's like, I'm not saying I want a red shirt, but I'm saying that that's not going to discourage me. Like, I'm not going to be like down in the dumps that I'm not playing as a true freshman. This will give me time to work on my condition. That's the one thing he brought up repeatedly. He's like, I'm 6'3", 186. I know I'm not physically ready for what's going to be asked of me just yet. I need that time to develop and get bigger and get stronger and it was a very refreshing you know take compared to what we hear from a lot of recruits during the last you know two three years it's interesting to see what's going to happen too with the question that you asked bob as far as settling or wanting another quarterback because say you do wait to the end of the spring 
anybody that goes into the transfer portal isn't necessarily going to be looking at an Oklahoma because you already know that you're coming in mm-hmm. to be a backup, right? Yeah. It's like, where, where do you go for another quarterback or like, how can you get another quarterback on campus? Uh, that just want to be a guy basically being a body out there. Yeah. I mean, I did see where, God, I hate that. I hate to say this, but I did see where Lincoln Riley picked up a quarterback out of Texas yesterday. Oh, did he really? I didn't know that. Maybe it was, a, was it was it twenty twenty three kid, or was it? well? That's what I'm saying. I don't know if it was a scholarship. It was just like he's yeah. adept at picking up those guys. Like you know, uh, he's always had you know walk ons on his roster. That I think he probably sells it on. You know, you come to play here, we'll groom you to be a coach as well as a a quarterback. Yeah. So right now, the four quarterbacks in the room are Dylan Gabriel. Nick Evers, Ralph Rucker, and Micah Bowens. Is that the four that you enter spring with? Yes, unless Ben Harris is still around, too. Oh, yeah, and Ben Harris. Yeah, for sure. Yep. I mean, he hasn't entered the portal or anything, so I imagine he's still down there. Well, I think, I mean, I don't think that you, I think Ben would probably not agree with this, but I was going to say he would probably know what's up, but, like, I, he had a hell of a career at Cole Albert. I don't know if you could necessarily say, go get it, big boy, with you know on a Saturday if you need to win a Big 12 football game. All right, take a, a quick timeout uh, and want to remind you guys, as always, about our good friends at Dead Soxy. That's De- Dead Soxy, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y dot com. And uh, hey, it's Valentine's Day. It's just around the corner. If you're still looking for that perfect gift for your special somebody, um, then uh, check out Dead Soxy. Uh, they've got your gifting covered because nothing says I love you like some good socks. Josh can tell you that he's got two kids. Uh, Dead Soxy has increased the discount on our Boomer Co. to 30% from now through midnight on February 14th. So you can head on over to the site and see all the new styles. They've got a a retro OU uh, sock coming out that you might want to take advantage of. Uh, But this is a great offer, 30% off using that promo code BOOMER. Uh, it's a happy Valentine's Day from Dead Soxy. Uh, so go over, check them out. D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Dead Soxy. Great socks. Uh, got the Oklahoma collection over there. Had specials going on the uh, uh, four packs and the eight packs. So uh, go check them out. Appreciate them being a part of the pod. And as always, stay Soxy. All right, guys. Uh, we were talking a little bit about the quarterback situation at OU and what they could do. Um, one thing I, I would say this, uh, talking to Lebby, Bob, did you really get the impression that maybe they would bring someone in the portal? Do you, do you really feel like they're going to stick with what they got in terms of someone that can depends. even challenge well, Gabriel? Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to, the, who goes into the portal after spring practice, I think is how it'll be determined that I think they he wants another quarterback in the room it's clear but he also obviously made it abundantly obvious he wasn't just going to take someone just because they're a quarterback that's in the portal it's got to make sense and you know Chuba Purdy was someone that might have made sense maybe Casey Thompson obviously Jackson Dart was the one that we had all sort of circled and so I don't know what type of name is going to be enough to jump out at Levy. And it's like, as we've been saying time and time again, what sort of mindset that quarterback's going to have to sort of understand you're the backup, but we still really want you to be a part of this team. 
can someone in today's day and age of quarterback transferring be able to accept that type of role? Well, and you you mentioned something that I've been mentioning a lot to people, uh, and it's it's like you get through the initial wave of guys, Jaden Hazelwood leaving, uh, Mario Williams leaving, uh, and you ask, and everybody's on edge, like, oh, what's that going to happen next? To me, the spring is huge for Jeff Levy in working with guys that are already here, the Marvin Mims, the Theo Weezes. I mean, uh, he's got to use that to build a rapport with those guys and also to sell them on their roles in the offense. And uh, they're playing under a different coach. I mean, the offensive line is going to be you go comfortable with Bill Biedenboe still there. Uh, Kale Gundy will help smooth things over. But, I mean, you're talking about a group of very talented, highly recruited players on offense uh, you've seen Spencer Rattler, you've seen Austin Stogner take off. Uh, spring's going to be huge just from a retention standpoint, uh, really on both sides of the ball, too, for 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 Brent Venables and for Jeff Levy. Yeah, you're, you're going to see these guys, you know, come in, and maybe they're fired up now, but they see, they don't like their role, and that's why it is. It is. After spring practice, you'll see the next round of portal, you know, exodus, and it, it could work the other way too, where OU learns about someone like a Mike Woods once again and is able to sort of snatch them from the portal following spring. But I do wonder a lot. I mean, it seems like all those guys are fired up, but you don't know what you don't know at this point until you get to spring practice and you learn what sort of system they want to run, what sort of role you would be in, and will there be. And when you looked at the portal and you saw all the guys in the secondary, is that a message to Bryson Washington, Jaden Davis, Josh, and you know Joshua Eaton, guys like that who seem like they're still bought in? But if you're getting all those guys from the portal, eventually something's going to shake out where you don't end up keeping all of them. It's kind of fascinating what's going to happen with you know, and specifically the wide receiver position with a guy like a a Cody Jackson is a perfect example of somebody that could really like a blank slate after you know the, the struggles of last year uh more probably more to do with health reasons off the field than on the field in a lack of production but uh you know him or a Brian Darby uh even a Jalil Farouk that flashed in the bowl yeah. game obviously I'm I'm excited to see where those guys kind of fit into the program uh moving forward uh with a, with a new offense well in a complete I mean it's hard to tell in spring but yeah, and I don't know what their approach will be, but I'm trying to think how many running backs will even be in spring camp. Well, uh, three. Sawchuck Barnes. Barnes is there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then yeah. Major mm-hmm. and Gray. Barnes, Gray, Major. And then what's still left of the walk? Are, are there any? Uh-huh, no, I don't know what that situation is. Hudson and Knowles. I I don't remember if they're coming back or what their status is well Jaden knows sure Jaden's still around because he's, he's interning at interning, channel five right now yeah channel five and doing weather reports right now with all the snow out there Karen big red big dairy's bag for him but <laughs> nothing here nor there <laughs> but it does mean a lot to have javante barnes because i sure think we all thought he was just signing he was just doing the secret signing announcing un, at the under armor game but that for him to be a mid-year guy, too, that that is a really nice boost. Well, and it's just crazy because, like, 
he and his people were telling me, no, he's not going to sign until February. Not only did he sign in December, he is enrolled in January. Like I, I was one of those things where you're like, you, you knew that lie couldn't hold. Like, I mean, you knew, like you might've thought for a player that's going to enroll in May or June, they might've thought, well, okay, you know, if they find out we signed whatever, but you know, the commitment is, is what everybody's going to notice. Like you were enrolling. You knew that story couldn't hold. Well, good on the coaching staff for not blurting it out. No, it's yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, you know, you, know you it, can trust the staff. I guess. I guess so. Unfortunately, yeah. unless, unless I'm I'm going to throw this out there, Josh. Unless Alton Tarber not being able to be a mid-year allowed Barnes to be that guy. Maybe. But I mean, gosh, I'm throwing that out weird come to get, like, today. That, that's yeah, like Bob, Bob's just Bob's just living his life right now. Um, I mean, he, he would a have to have already been qualified to graduate, or you know, he would have already had to have graduated. I mean, there's no other way to say that. And then secondarily, have been ready, you know, to move and do every, you know, that that's. I don't know, uh, Bob. I think that was a little far fetched, even for you, buddy. I mean, you're you're becoming so I, our theory I, guy. I kind of like it. I just go back. I go back to what man. It's ten years. Trevor Knight, Taylor McNamara. How Trevor Knight stepped aside, so Taylor could be a mid year guy, and that that didn't really matter though. <laughs> Can you like that feels so strange? And I, I, you know, I remember the situation. They needed the, they needed Taylor on campus, but like. Telling a quarterback to hold back, like that just seems crazy in retrospect. Um, even if Taylor had become, you know, the the player that I think some people thought he might be, that that's just wild. But um, but yeah, guys, uh, you know, kind of talking about portal, like it sounds like wide receiver, quarterback, and running back are, are what I would. What like kind of what I'm gathering gosh. would be of importance? Oh, what's that? Kamar Wheat. Kamar Wheat and time. No, stop it! Not. Stop it! Stop it! Stop! Not. <laughs> damn it! Kerry K- just doesn't want to see me that emotional anymore. He, he he's seen no, what Kamar no. can do to my psyche. That was a low it's, it's point in Crimson Corner history. Kamar Wheaton's whole thing. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. What is that? But for those I out mean, there, that, why don't you just trying to get back to DFW? I I mean that that feels like a tailor made TCU situation, doesn't it? I mean, just because of the the you know SMU made a run at him out of high school and and seemed like they had a chance. Now with that whole staff now being over at um at, at TCU, that sure makes a lot of sense. And you know with them losing Zach Evans, um you know that they that could kind of uh, you know I'm not saying Kamar Wheaton's ever going to be what Zach Evans is, but I mean he's He's at least going to give you something you can sell. Like, yeah, we lost him in the backfield, but we've got this other five-star guy coming along. You know, it's something you can sell to boosters and that kind of stuff. So that that, that could be interesting. But for, for those out there that aren't on the board, haven't read, I think I posted it two weeks ago. OU is not going to be involved with Kamara Wheaton. I, I, and I, I, I know people will like, oh, why didn't they check into it? From what I understand, they did. And just this, nope. That that's that's just not a fit, Bob. Why don't you just start a rumor that Tristan Lee's following Brent Venables back to Oklahoma as well? Just really just bring all right. it all together. Um, that's that's I'm why he was it. in South Carolina. <laughs> Do you guys remember like the 
the like the rumor like within like days of Brent being hired was that Todd Bates was going to come and Brian Brzee was coming with him. Yes. Like mm-hmm. I, I mean no, every rumor was that's out not there. How this worked. Davo Sweeney was coming well, to Oklahoma. Riley. I mean, come on. Yes. There was not a rumor involving a Clemson And you staff reported it as fact. You oh, were like, it. I really believe See? this. Stop it. <laughs> Trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> By the way, I am being um, entertained right now. Uh, I was just checking email real quick, and uh, next door has jumped it up to another level where UFO activity is now being discussed. Uh, isn't uh, there another more. acronym for it now? It's not UFO. It's UFV or UFI. <laughs> I saw something. I, I can't remember... I was reading some article where they were talking about how the acronym has now changed, and I think so. It we're old if we, if we call it UFOs. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think that's what's happening. So, um, is there any other signing day stuff we want to cover? Like, I kind of I, I know told we told them it was a star destroyer and to get inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's but that's that's my next thing is I want to get banned from next door just so I can get off it so I don't ever have to look at it anymore. People bitching about other their neighbors' dogs without talking to their neighbors. Oh, oh I got no. a couple ideas like, on how you could get banned. I mean, it'd be pretty easy. It's it's but all not arrested. so passive just aggressive. Not arrested. Just I mean, you might get sued, <laughs> but you you definitely get banned. I, I should have wrecked something really strange in my backyard just to get my ho- everybody talking about it on next door. Make it like a, a real like just just spend my li- if, if I retired tomorrow, I would just spend my life trolling next door, just getting people to get up in a tizzy for no reason. Like search every single uh, city statute and just be a total troll and just bend the line, bend the rules, but not step over the rules, but do stuff that people hate. Boy, I, I, th- I think I'd be better off just being a troll on the Crimson Corner. It's a lot less work. <laughs> I have got a neighborhood that they, boy, we we like to complain. There's a couple, there's a couple of attorneys. There's a little bit of litigious oh, feel to boy, it. That's it's, good it's, too. Yeah, yeah. So it's fun. Well, we've we've had that on the board. You know, third year law students are the worst. I mean, I hope you do great things in life, but you guys think you know everything. And you never shut up. Would you say that's like third year students of any course of study? Like a third year, like psychology student thinks he knows why everybody's he brain wants to put you does on his what couch. it does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think everything. that's I think that's occupational hazard of of being a a long term student. By the way, somebody should psychoanalyze Jim Harbaugh and find out if he actually knows that the world exists around him. Or, I mean, like. Can you be less self-aware as a human being than Jim Harbaugh? Interviewing for a NFL job on signing day. Like, did you read into like anything that I, came out about the interview process with Minnesota? I didn't. No, I didn't. I have really have. I mean, it, it basically sounds like Harbaugh thought he was going to Minneapolis and they were going to offer him the job, Bingo. and the front office in Minnesota, like, had no intention of offering him the job and that's why the report came out from the michigan side that they thought they thought i think he was telling people or at least people close to him thought he was leaving because he was telling them that he Mm -hmm. thought he was going to minnesota to get the job to be offered the job and i don't think minnesota ever 
had any intention of offering him anything. It was almost like a courtesy interview on their part. Right. I I guess he's close with the new general manager, a name that I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce. (laughs) Guys, it's like the old expression, like if, you know, a man or a woman would cheat on you or cheat on, you know, someone else with you, they'd cheat on you. Right. I don't understand how people uh, that, that know how Jim Harbaugh operates in these situations would ever want to hire him. From year to year, Michigan has no idea what Jim Harbaugh is going to do. Like they, they, like last year with that contract that everybody made the big deal about, it was just kind of a, hey, we've got to do something here. Either take this or, you know, we're going to have to bat, you know, we're going to have to figure out something. And he just, he doesn't speak to anybody from what everybody can, you know, from what I hear from everyone. It just kind of ends up being, oh, yeah, I guess we're going to do this for another year. You don't have a contract, Jim. Like, it's it's just bizarre. And if you hate it so much, have a have an agent that will do all of this for you rather than just leaving all these people in freaking limbo, assistant coaches, players, recruits. I mean, all this stuff. It's I, I don't know how you would want to work with someone that, in that arena is so unprofessional. Like it's, you're leaving so much to chance every, every off season. Why, why would you hire that person? The uh, great Bunky Perkins put it best yesterday on Twitter when he said that Harbaugh reaching back out to Michigan to tell him that he's coming back in 2022 is exactly like going on spring break and then calling your girlfriend who's still at home and saying you're still dating. <laughs> Oh, it's just, it's, uh, I can't believe how Michigan fans feel. I mean, they finally feel like he's got their program going in the right direction and this happens. It's just like, it's, it's self-sabotage. Bizarre. Yeah. It is. Very bizarre. What'd it, you guys think about Ted Roof? I mean, he is, he's sex. I mean, he's just, he's, he's, I I'm, just, couldn't have, not have been more impressed yesterday. I mean, because you, know, you see the, the beginning, too, guys. It's real funny because everybody kind of makes their their avies with him in there and jokingly, like he looks like you know somebody's dad, uh, and they make fun of the leather jacket. And then you talk to him for He's the first badass. time, and you're like, my God, this guy's this guy's got it together. Oh, I can. I mean, I, I I think I remember telling you guys uh, way back when somebody from Auburn's side of things reached out and said that, like, if you get a chance to go have a beer with him, he is an awesome, awesome guy. And I think you can see that. I think uh, we need to get that arranged I mean, between you and him, Eddie. Guys, and I do I, think that I, he's. He I heard from people. Right <laughs> it didn't. Yeah, from the way he was explaining that, that that yeah. Until he until he has time to buy a the house. Thing, I mean, the the whole turnover saying is crazy. Yeah. What were you saying, Josh? God, and it's I mean, well, a for what you just said, how happy is the Norman like real estate um, industry? Oh boy, like there are so <laughs> many people moving to Norman, the staff and its size. But what what I was going to say is even even some people that I, I I will say are no longer in Norman. You know, you take that however you want to. We're like, he is the coolest guy you'll ever meet. Like everybody, like people that have reason that, you know, that you would have expected to go in and be like, man, 
that guy. You know, like I don't I don't want to like this guy. Or like Ted Roof's awesome. Like he's just an awesome person, an awesome human being. Like kind of like what Eddie's saying. Like I would go have a beer with that dude any day of the week. By the way, I did uh I did receive text messages that last week from uh our lawyer who we talked about last week, uh who is now Brent Venable's administrative assistant. Um we're going to meet soon. But everything is okay. I appreciate the emails from other law firms that are wanting to represent us. We'll 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 stay in touch. We'll see how how things work out. Hey, we, we employ Eddie. There, there's probably plenty of work to go around. Yeah, to be honest, we probably need more lawyers than we have now. <laughs> Although lawyer talk, it makes me want to reach out to OJ Simpson and see if we can put his face on a uh, drop three rush eight shirt. <laughs> But maybe Mark Harmon is who we need. We don't need someone from is USC. Is he the last USC player to go through a nasty divorce like me and Lincoln are? <laughs> I, yeah, I bet Mark Harmon's probably, he's probably used that NCIS money and had a nice divorce at some point. I don't know who. Oh, I mean, he might be the guy we'd have to get contact. a USC what about, guy? No, Mark Harmon's, he played at UCLA. UCLA. I'm trying to think of UCLA. Yeah, like, UCLA. We need to get like Troy Aikman. Um Man, who's the? I mean, uh, Maurice Jones Drew. Oh well, there's probably a lot of UCLA people that get divorced. I mean, Westwood's crazy. I've never actually been able to find Westwood, or people have said Just don't go over there because it's too far away. To the west of Beverly Hills, I believe. We drove around Yankee or uh, uh, Dodger Stadium that one. Were you with me then? Yeah, when we drove around Chavez Ravine. Yeah. Yeah. And we thought cool. about going to UCLA and just trying to see if we could see. I, think it's, I mean, I think it's like a good 35, 40-minute drive from uh, downtown Los Angeles. I would just I've be interested in going over there. Yeah. I mean, I'm I think sure it's, it's beautiful. nicer than, like, a nicer area than uh, what USC's around. USC's campus is just so weird around there. We've but. been to USC's campus. It's just right off the sure. highway. And yes. it, it does seem like it's a different world that when you're on campus. And you heard that, like, you always heard that back in the day. I remember it was like Anthony Fogel uh, was telling me a long time ago, we did radio together. Like, he went on a visit to USC and he was from Houston. And so he demanded, like, they had a rule that you can never take a recruit. It wasn't like an NCAA rule. It was like a campus rule, like never take anyone off campus when they're here on an official visit. And he got mm -hmm. there and he heard about that rule and he was like, I want to see Watts. I want to see the real stuff. And like, man, you really don't want to see. He's like, I want to see Compton. Like, And so they took him and he was from Houston. He thought he had seen the mean streets and it scared the shit out of him. No kidding. Yes. That's funny. So it's like it's even worse right now with all the homelessness. Oh, I know. I mean, I, but like all that trash and shit in, in the uh, train systems and stuff. That well, like that stuff that we went like that, that student center, like there was a target there, but it was like there were guards there. Like, yeah, that, like we had to, mm -hmm. I think we kind of like looking back on it. I think we kind of snuck in. But why would you have restaurants that only students can go to? I mean, we just went in the parking garage and came out. But, yeah, there were people like yeah. had to check in and check out and stuff. And maybe I don't it, know. I mean, it was weird. Like, 
how could there be an exclusive target just for USC students? Because it's the Mecca. Yeah. Is that race this weekend? It's just amazing. All the fighting that goes on on Twitter between, like, the minuscule amount of USC fans that have to chime in and, like, they just get attacked by OU fans. It's just... I don't think that's going to be stopping anytime soon. No, it's not. And something dumb is going to happen. Caleb is going to say something at some point. By the way, nobody's paying $550 for your helmet. That's ridiculous. That's That's ridiculous. You think... You think Caleb's going to put a foot in his mouth? Is that what you're saying? I bet at some point, yeah. I mean, he's ever... Like, does his clock start over? Does Lincoln Riley not let him talk to the media again this year since he's it's his first year? Apparently, I think he should. Lincoln I mean, Riley's you wouldn't want him to put his USC foot in his media. mouth. I, I mean... Some, peop- some people will get it. <laughs> no, Mainly sorority girls you. at OU, yeah. Program gals. <laughs> I just did. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm. Go- I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, guys. So far, Caleb has done less to make things worse than Lincoln Riley has. Right. Correct. Yep. Like mm-hmm. I, I would trust Caleb Williams in front of a microphone far more than Lincoln at this point. Like, how was he not prepared for the portal question that they had to ask him yesterday? Does anybody get the whole portal thing? The pictures? Like, was that just no. that supposed Whose to be idea a was joke? That? Or is it, was that That's supposed to be funny? That's one of the worst executed ideas. That gives off an interesting connotation. Yeah, I saw a lot of mentions yeah. about glory I mean, they, holes. they might as well have just been sitting on a casting couch. <laughs> I mean, like, and if you're going to do that, like, do it. God, how many times can we say you are supposed to be like a film and production mecca? How does everything look so low rent and shitty all the time? And how it doesn't did you make use, any sense. How did you use a production company from Dallas to redo your commitment videos in the same, the same company that did them for you at OU and they just changed the from OU to USC? I mean, I thought, like... You're right. Aren't you supposed to have like the premier film school in the country? It it doesn't make any sense. It's like they just printed out a piece of paper that's a transfer portal. There you go. Do you do you kind of root for the Rams to win the Super Bowl just so more people are interested in the Rams than the Trojans? Not that I think that that's going to happen because, I mean, there are as many San Francisco fans in that stadium as there were Rams fans. Yeah. I I don't – honestly, I don't think winning a Super Bowl will change anything. People like winning. Right. Especially in Los Angeles. If if USC wins and they're playing for Pac-12 championships and getting into college football playoffs and stuff like that, people will show up. If they're uh, like they've been over the last decade, people aren't going to give a shit. Yeah. It's just the way that it is. Like, I I think that to a certain extent – the passion for USC football obviously doesn't meet with what we are used to or in the SEC or anything like that. But, I mean, it is a, a, a big school. If they're good, people will support them. Yeah. And it's an area that likes sports. 
Sure. But I wouldn't guys, say it's a great that sports I, town, but they they just have a shit ton of people out there. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the, the Lakers. The thing people that, like that shit. The thing that always gets, uh, I think, mistaken, even when they had it rolling with Reggie Bush and Liner, and I mean, like, you know, some of the best teams of this era, that stadium was not full. Like, people always like to present it as like, oh, it's an amazing... No, it's not. It, it's not like... That's why even in that era, OU could go out there and recruit fairly well in California because there's still a just a... It's half-hearted. I mean, it's it's like, yeah, who wouldn't love to go see Reggie Bush? But, like, are there people, like, tailgating and getting into it? No, that that's not happening. Um, I didn't... I, did, I mean, until that NASCAR thing came up, like... I guess I just never realized that the city of Los Angeles owns the Coliseum. I figured that was U- USC Stadium. Like, that they built it and everything. But, like, that's the thing. It's like, how do you improve your facilities if you don't even own them? Probably why they have yeah, so much issue so doing when, so. When they did that big uh, Coliseum renovation, who paid for that? Well, that was for sure the Olympics, did. wasn't it? No, I thought that they just did something like maybe even oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the last yeah, you're right. three or four years. No, it would have been the city of Los Angeles. Yeah, it would have had to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure they, you know, USC does something to help or have a role in since it's, you know, they're, they're, they use it so primarily. Yeah. But still. But I'm uh, sure they have to lease that from the city. Guys... God, I feel like we're, we're, we still spend way too much time on USC on this pod. I was looking the oh, other day. You know, in the last 35 years, USC has 10 10 win seasons. That, that's crazy to me. Like this image of USC is this like super. You like you go back and it's just. I mean, in the same time frame, OU has 19. Like there, there's this image that USC is just un, this unstoppable force. Like. Other than Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll in the last thirty-five years, it's been pretty damn stoppable. Yeah, I just—I mean, they've been a lot of—they—they made a lot of splash because they've recruited a lot of players. But where else are they going to go? I mean, uh, did you see the? Is it is it Lapoy Tosh Lapoy? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see his little barb towards Lincoln Riley? Yeah, with Dan Lanning. Was that in front of, like, an audience? It was like a national signing day kind of event type deal. Yeah. Is he the one that said it's about trying to build seven-on-seven like... seven teams or something? No, this was uh, – uh, they got a question about, you know, Lincoln Riley taking over at USC, kind of like, you know, kind of how are you worried about it. Uh, I got the audio right here. That's, I'll play it for you. I think that guy they hired at USC, he got close but never closed out the deal. So – do you wear your national championship ring when you when you go on the road recruiting? Well, only because you brought him up. Um, he did get close, um, real close. We actually played him. I was, I was the defensive coordinator on the other side of the line. He had a guy named Kyler Murray, really good player. Um, it was 28 to zero in the first quarter. So yeah, I, think I remember that. Game. But he did get close. Yeah. You're right. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I love it, but just man, that's that's just going place. in. Lincoln won't be happy. He'll block him on Twitter now. I think that's only for the elite. <laughs> no, that was wasn't what he and uh, uh, Pete Golding were co-defensive coordinators in that game, weren't they? 
Was, yes. That was the year before. Was Golding there already? Was that, at that a year point? before Golden got there? Yeah. Uh, no. Yes. No, because I remember, yeah. remember he people were talking to Pete Golding because he was rumored to be a candidate for OU's defensive coordinator. You're right. You're right. Golding You're got right. to Alabama in 18. Because they were talking about, he was talking about like spaceships or something weird. He's just following the Mike Leach model. Say weird shit and people will think you're really smart. By the way, did you see? He had a rough night. Yeah, Golding did have a rough night. I think Golding is just a co- I think he is actually in college. Like, apparently he's dating cheerleaders, getting DUIs. Yeah. Well, he had that, that moment after the SEC championship game. Right, that was fantastic. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> he's living his best life in Tuscaloosa, I think. Oh, I've I, I had a uh, a reporter that I think maybe a couple of you know. Uh, his brother played for him at UTSA, and just says he's just an awesome dude, just a great, <laughs> fun ass guy to be around. So he's a bro. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent bro. Like you know, like in in college, he was wearing his you know his hat turned backward and had the bill cut up. You know, it was no sleeves. I mean, he was. Definitely that kind of bro. All right. Well, um, real quick, real quick. Junior, junior day. Okay. Yeah. Go. So. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. <laughs> Bob dropped a so on me. Bob, you know, damn it. I'm just living this life, Bob. Just living this life. Um, you knew it was yeah, going mean, happen as soon as you put it up. You know, I, I people are like, Bob, like, I think that is, that is the, like, you, I absolutely believe you would have thought all the steps out of that. I was like, ah, so's always been negative. Let's make it something positive. That is as far as my thought went. Like, it was never like, oh, they're not going to care because it's, it's not a fight. Like, I don't understand if you're an OU fan why you wouldn't be excited about commitment. Like I can understand if you're not as excited about a guy that picks OU over Alabama or excuse me, a guy that picks OU over, you know, K State and whoever else. As compared to a five star guy that picks OU over Bama, Clemson, whatever. But you still should be excited. Like it's a player that that coaching staff who I I think we've all said is clearly in lockstep behind Brent Venables. I mean, I don't think the fans have ever been more solid behind one guy and what his belief system is and what he's doing than Brent Venables right now. So if Brent Venables and staff think Eric McCarty's good enough, why the hell would you not be excited? Like, I, I that doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand that theory and that logic. To forget that the kid's really good. Like, I forget rankings. Like, yeah, he's I a think- good football player. People pull up the player card, though. You know how this goes, Josh. And they see McAllister, and they see the. They don't see all five of the stars filled next to his name, and make assumptions. And let's be honest. I mean, a a, you know white kid from McAllister. People just maybe they've been spurned by uh, one too many from the Buffalo program. (laughs) Um, I feel confident. Eric McCarty would like to be on campus as soon as possible. Um, I, I think the plan at current is for him to be like a safety nickel type. 
Um, now, I, I talked, and Eddie, you know, we were going to go see Eric McCarty and heard from several places that maybe the previous staff was never going to be that involved with Eric McCarty, and we didn't need to really go see him. So we didn't sure. go see him. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we never got a chance to see him in person, but talk. Uh, we will rectify that to anybody listening. Don't worry. We're, we're going to see Eric McCarty, pictures, video, the whole thing. That will all happen. At the same time, I, we're at it. what's that? We're going to go to Krabs while we're at it. We're gonna oh, go. yeah, sure, sure. Um, talking to a few people, his frame is, is big. Like He's a big kid. So I, I think they know... He could grow into, you know, it's kind of, I'm not saying it's the same storyline as Jaden Rowe. It's the same, you know, positions that are possible, but the same kind of idea. He's a really good athlete, a really good football player. Let's figure out where he'll go. Like, I, I don't, I don't think they're real worried about the position. And that's, you know, guys, I, I, I had gotten, I think, so used to, you know, this, they have to fit this ideal. They have to fit this position. And Oklahoma and the previous staff was, especially on defense, was very tied to that. If they didn't match up with certain things, that guy just was not going to be recruited. This staff, I mean, you you guys, you know, Brent talked about it, Roof talked about it. They're going to be very uh, versatile in what they do. They're going to mix up personnel groupings. They're going to do different stuff, and so it's making me change the way I look at guys who are are or are not OU recruit, you know, type guys and. Like I said, I, I think McCarty, I think they're excited about him. The, the first play of his clip, of his highlights, may be one of my favorite plays I've seen all year. Literally just reads the play, sweeps wide, blows up the fullback, just ex- just detonates the kid, regains his feet, finds the ball carrier, and then goes and makes the play wide of where the initial hit happens. Like, most guys just, they hit the fullback, and that's it, and it's over. Instead, he slides outside and makes the play. So it's... It's nothing, like I said, if if all you care about is five stars, then you probably don't want to follow recruiting. Because even Alabama, 80% of their class is not five stars. And if that's all you're going to get excited about, I, I wouldn't follow recruiting. Like, there's more to it than that. There's making good evaluation. There's finding good players. There's finding guys that fit what you want. And Eric McCarty fits what Brent Venables and company are looking for. That's one of, like, the under-radar most fascinating things about the new staff has just been the kind of what you're talking about evaluation process for mm-hmm. a lot of these guys. And Eric McCarty fits that bill. Obviously uh, Gavin Freeman fits that bill. I, I, I mean, I, I asked you guys in the war room, if either of those guys would be part of the Oklahoma program, had there not been a coaching change. And I think it's pretty obvious what the answer is. I, I don't disagree. I don't think there's any question. McCarty would not be committed to OU right now. And probably, would not have an offer and would have had very little contact. Because uh, he came to an OU game last season, and my Correct. general impression was just that it was that nobody was that concerned about him. Like that, that I'm, and again, that's no diss to them or diss to McCarty. They just didn't feel he fitted what you know fit what they were looking for. Let so, me ask you this too. Um, so let's just take a look at like the Los Alamitos kids, like. Did uh, it seems like when we talked about him, like in the war room and stuff, it almost seems like this staff. And you can tell me if you think there's any any truth to this or any any if it feels like this is happening. But 
it's almost like Jeff Levy and his staff really aren't that interested in recruiting anyone that Lincoln Riley was associated with. There's some of that. I mean, like the, the I, and I don't know if it's fair like, or not, they, but I, I, I pick up what you're putting down. To Malachi sure. Nelson at all? Did he just have to decommit because he just wasn't getting any response from the new staff? It. I don't well, know that it would have. Like the very next yeah, day. that happened so quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's like they probably never yeah. got his number. Yeah, Brown. that's true. He Nelson. was committed to USC about the same time, you know, he almost by the time Lincoln Riley, or not long after Lincoln Riley landed in Los Angeles. That's true, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that, that was that, that was never going to be in play. But, you know, for, for those, uh, the, I know everybody got worried. Oh, DeAndre Moore, he doesn't want to go to OU. DeAndre Moore wants to go to Oklahoma. I literally was talking to the kid, and he goes, if OU wants to recruit me, that's my dream school. I'd love to be there. Like, th- there's... This was an Oklahoma choice. A hundred. I mean, DeAndre decommitted. I'm not saying OU made him do it, but OU was not recruiting him. They were not talking to him. They were not in conversation with him. After the Nothing was change. happening there. The the coaching change just that Oklahoma's new staff felt differently about him than the previous staff did, and that that's that's all there is to that. Um, and I, I we've talked about it before. I like DeAndre a lot. As a, he's a good kid good to deal with. Uh, I think he's a good player. I, I, I'm a little surprised at the reception to him, but at the bottom, at the end of the day, they've got to take the guys they want. They like, and I, I think that's all this is, is they just don't see him as a fit for what they want to do. Which, you know, judging by how some of Lincoln's receiver evaluations have worked out, can't really blame him for feeling differently. It, it, it's been like boom, bust, 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 boom, bust, yeah. bust. Like it's, it's, I'll have one huge dude and then three just massive mistakes. It's weird. Eh, not always massive, but just, just misses. Well, it kind of goes back to your, your point about evaluation. You know, mm-hmm. you want the stars because those guys are usually stars, but you also have to be able to almost weed through. The, over, the the guys that are overrated. Well, and that's the concerning part for me, Carrie. Not, not well, I guess it's not concerning anymore. But what was concerning about the like receiver is a position where the hit rate's usually pretty good. Yeah. If you're a highly ranked guy, you usually turn out. You're a highly ranked running back, you usually turn out. Oh, you had a lot of highly ranked receivers and not many of them turned out. I don't know what that says. I don't know what that and I it's certainly not just Dennis Simmons. Like that is a Going back a ways, we, we can talk about some guys like that, where there were a lot of misses on guys that were really highly thought of, and I don't know what that is. Like, it's just, it's a weird thing. I mean, then rankings are not exact. I'm not saying that. I know that'll be the instant reaction I'll get from 12 Twitter responses. But over over the larger number, receivers usually turn out. If you're a big-time recruit, usually you're a good player in college. And I mean, there's just a lot of guys that not not just weren't good, were completely inconsequential. Well, I mean, you had the run with Sterling, Dede, mm-hmm. uh, and then Marquise, and then Ceedee Lamb. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't. You haven't had that next guy. I mean, it was supposed to be Charleston Rambo, wasn't quite that guy. I mean, that's probably the first example of someone that was highly recruited that just wasn't as explosive as he you know he thought he should have been. 
I still think Theo Weiss has a chance. Marvin Mims obviously has a chance. Jaden Hazelwood, his lack of development was shocking. Injuries had a lot to do with that. But I don't know. It's just like, it's the gap is not so much that you're just like, okay, well, what happened? Like, but they, you know, you'd like to see another receiver produced because when you talk starting with Sterling Shepard, you're talking pre Lincoln Riley. Yep. And Dee too, right? The crazy right? thing is with. He was pre Lincoln, right? No, or no, he was one of the first. No, he's, Lincolns. he was. Yeah. Yeah, the very beginning. The crazy thing is, is some of those guys, you know, you mentioned Rambo and it made me think of this. It's like Rambo had a pretty decent year at Miami. Jalen Robinson went down, had a really good career down at Central Florida. Yeah. They just haven't produced at Oklahoma. Well, now, to be fair to Jalen, Jalen, there was plenty of belief Jalen was going to be really good at Oklahoma. Jalen's problem was not on the field. That's fair. fair. You know, I I think they they were sad to see him have to go. There's no doubt. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like that's you're fair. overall if point. Any, like I get what you're anything, saying. If anything, I would say it kind of goes back to the, you know, the umbrella coverages and Lincoln's, you know, inability to run the football. It, it, almost made the passing game unreliable in this last year. And I mean, it's Last's like I mean, look at look at everybody at the end of the season. They were like, "How was Kennedy Brooks not the feature back from the moment the season started?" Like, how was he not rushing for 150, 200? Like, that's what Oklahoma's offense should have been. But Lincoln could guys, never commit to the run. He never could. And, and he's always had that problem. Unless he had stoops looking There's a part of me that thinks Marcus Major could be OU's feature back next year. Like, over Eric Gray because of what mm-hmm. we've seen of yeah, Eric same. Gray. Um, I mean, and I, and don't get me wrong, I think Eric Gray's a good player. Yeah, he's a good player. I, I think his... He's a perfect third down back. I mean, that's yes. what he is. Yes, 100%. And like I said, he's got a ton of uses. I'm, I'm not down on Eric Gray at all. But there's no... I mean, I don't know how you watch the first half of that year. Like, I get it if maybe Gray was great through spring ball and fall and, you know, Kennedy Brooks was still trying to get you know, kind of into football shape after spending a year away from it. Uh, okay, like, fine, uh, I guess. But at some point, you're absolutely right. Like, there was just no question Kennedy Brooks was your best running back and needed 20-plus carries a game, period. Like, no no, no exception to that. You, you're, you're getting him 20 carries and then build from that whatever you need to. I mean, and the uh, other thing is, like, you know, you look at it, the Super Bowl, and you have two of the running backs that were on the same team playing for the Bengals. Like, and nobody's, nobody's like, like, I, uh, this is an old take, like, but, you know, when, when, uh, people aren't even going to know who this is, but, you know, when James Allen and Gerald Moore were thunder and lightning, like, that was such a big deal. Like, Mixon and, and P. Ride never really reached, like, just that, that thing with the fan base where they were beloved is a duo, and they should have been. I mean, you know, well, the mixing thing, the mix of things yeah. Is I mean, it's just, it's mm-hmm. just, it's it's one of the biggest tragedies in the history of OU football uh, 
PR, I guess you would call it. Like, there was just no coming back from that. And it was just a constant. Like, you think, didn't you guys, did you guys see Joe Mixon getting interviewed after that game? Uh, no. No. He was, he was getting interviewed on the field. And I'm sitting there watching. I was like, man, he's really a sharp guy. And I mean, we knew Joe before all this happened a little bit. But yeah. like, I went back. I was looking at that interview that you did with him in Chicago, Carrie, when we were up there. Yeah. And I mean, like that was like when they were building Headington Hall and stuff. I remember asking him about that. And uh, he's just, you know, a big smile on his face all the time. And, you know, when that stuff happened, I couldn't believe it happened just from what little I knew about him. Like, I, I just couldn't believe that was the same kid. But it's like for him to never do an interview per his lawyer's advice, like that was the worst thing that you could have done. I mean, going through that Orange Bowl thing uh, with the media and him basically just getting put through the meat grinder of, uh, oh, what was the reporter's there named Lindsey Schnell that was just like pacing back and forth. And yeah, uh, like the media guy said, if you ask him any questions, you will be removed, you know, regarding uh, his legal matters or whatever. It's just like if they would have just come out immediately. Not immediately, but, you know, after everything happened and after the charges were filed or not filed uh, and just had the, you know, let him fall on his own sword press conference, but that never happened. And yeah. it ruined his entire time at Oklahoma in the, in, the, in the public eyes. I mean, I don't even know if this is controversial, but I'm happy for him. Like, I'm, I'm glad that he's having so much success because I truly do believe that he is... I don't know if I can say number one, but I he's my he's in my personal top three of best players I've literally ever seen. I, person, he was so least. I mean, like we weren't surprised at that one-handed catch against Tech in that Patrick Mahomes Baker Mayfield game because we saw everybody that. talks about I mm-hmm. say it every time, but I mean Mayfield and Mahomes were great that night, but Joe Mixon was the best football player on the field. He's really good. I mean. Even Samaj is really it's, good. It's crazy to always talk about Mixon too, in knowing that we were all in the stadium the night that Samaj P. Run sets an NCAA record for most rushing yards. Like most miserable we game you've ever undersell the fact how good Samaj was. Yeah, no. I mean, does he still have the record? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't somebody come yep. like really close to it, like the next year? No, no, no. Year Melvin Gordon, Gordon Melvin Gordon broke it. Year. The Buffalo. Running oh, the back. Buffalo running back. They yeah, took him out. yeah. They took him out. But remember, Melvin Gordon it broke the record like the two portal? weeks before he did it. That's right. Yep. Mel. Yep. Gordon's what four twenty? No, what was he? I don't remember. I think it was like four seventeen or something. Piran didn't break it by a bunch, if I remember. No, it was just on that one run, and then they took him out. Melvin Gordon had 408 against Nebraska. 408, that's it. On on November 15th, literally the next week, November 2nd, uh, (laughs) 22nd, is when Samaje breaks it. And then two years ago, on uh, November 28th, something about late November games, guys just run wild. Jarrett Patterson ran for 409 against Kansas Jarrett Patterson, yep. Mm -hmm. So he's number two. So Melvin Gordon. I mean, only four guys in history have run for more than 400 yards. The only, the other one is Ladanian Tomlinson in 1999. That's crazy. 
Insane. Uh, we we dare not talk about basketball in this pod. It's just no, I don't. I give give them a shot at at Bedlam, and then yeah. we'll come back next. Stick a fork in them. Hey, no, 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 <laughs> not yet. Not yet. You were kicking me off the bandwagon a week ago. All right. Oh, I'm not saying stick a fork in them. I'm saying just as a whole, people want to stick a fork in them. I'm still there. I still got hotel reservations for the final four. I just don't know if they're going to make the incident <laughs> tournament, so we're going to have to review Jesus, that. You might just be there. Yeah, I might just have to go. I mean, I'll, I'll go. It was a lot of fun watching that tech covering. game. That crowd was insane with Chris Beard in town. Was. I mean, is the it? Big 12 is just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Even even the bad games are good. It's like the Kansas State-Oklahoma State game on uh, Wednesday night was pretty decent. I mean, losing twice to TCU is just a killer. Well, that's a TCU killer, but they're not is, terrible. TCU's what, 15 and 4? Yeah. Beat LSU, beat Texas A&M non-conference, one in Ames. They're a good team, but Iowa I, State is falling apart both. fast. It's, it's, that performance was unacceptable. I mean, getting yes. out-rebounded by 22 is just insane. Little, but you can also say that TCU's a pretty good basketball team. Felt like a lack of a sense of urgency when you know you need a game like that. Well, it's right. like, and everybody's everybody is is getting beat down. Like Tanner Groves is getting beat. Like he's losing all his confidence, it, it, just in every aspect of his game. Like Jordan Goldwire is the only one that showed any flashes. Like uh, Harkless, but it took him to the late in the second half. Right, but he had like two two points until he went nuts, and it just exploded. Well, he needs to go nuts more. I'm I'm behind fully behind Jordan Goldwire doing whatever he wants with the ball. He's he's the only person that's really finished on a consistent basis in a half of basketball this season. Maybe Harkless a little bit, but like that's the like I don't understand why you 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 try to switch it up. You put Jacob Groves in the starting lineup and he's not in the game at the end when you need someone to hit a three. Like it seems like he just hasn't made any. I know, but still, he's tall, and you need to get as many shooters out there as possible to spread the floor and get somebody an open shot. It might not be Jacob, but they couldn't get a shot. I mean, they just couldn't get a, a good three at the end of the game because they didn't have enough shooters on the floor. I don't know. It's it, it, There's so many things you can be frustrated about with OU basketball. I mean, the list is long. Yeah. It is, and you can hear it in Moser's voice. It'll be interesting to hear his tone with the Bedlam Zoom Friday. Just a rough spot because they're in a lot of other conferences. You get at least a breather somewhere. This was their breather week. And that yeah. was their breather. I guess and the then team's fifteen and four. Now and they got to go rating inside the sixty four. Now they got to go play a team in Bedlam that just got beat by Kansas State, so they're going to be pissed off. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And then you go and play Texas Tech in Kansas next week. Oh. Good Tech, luck. Sorry. I feel like I was man, lied to. I was, I was told we weren't going to talk basketball. There's a lot of basketball talk going on. <laughs> but there's a lot of not There's a lot of I was misled. This has been a very big airing of grievances pod. We had the USC stuff, basketball. I mean, well, like signing day went very well, but there's a lot of grievances yeah, ended, to be aired about well, other ended things. Well, on a, on a ended on a good note in saying that it's a little incredible. And Josh, you put it out there yesterday. It's incredible that they were able to not only, I guess, keep this thing together, but finish with a top 10 class. If you would have asked me 
if they were going to finish with the top 10 class, you know, the, the day after Riley le- uh, leaves, I would have said no way. Cause I figured they would have lost a lot more. And I think that that's why even as we get further away from it, like that month, or I mean, a you know, a couple weeks that Bob had to hold everything together and come back and Kale's out on the road, uh, flipping somebody like a Kobe McKenzie. It just, it, it's kind of incredible that they were able to keep everything together and still finish with the top 10 class. Oh, it, it, it's unbelievable. All, all that they kind of went through and guys, I mean, that's the thing with, we've talked about the national narrative about, you know, Oh, Lincoln, the great recruiter. And, and I'm not disparaging that idea, but this idea that Oklahoma wasn't going to be able to recruit without Lincoln Riley, this class is considerably more highly ranked than Lincoln Riley's last two classes at Oklahoma that he didn't have to scramble for in the last six weeks. So I, I, again, man, I mean, you're, when you see the response of these kids, you know, when I talk to five-star uh, David Hicks, talk to five-star Anthony Hill, talk to Trey Wisner and his mom, like a, a rivals, borderline Rivals 100 player, like these guys are going to do fine with elite recruits. Like they, It'll be interesting to see how the NIL stuff works and how OU kind of incorporates that into their efforts and how much that plays a role. But if you're talking about just – Guys that are worried, you know, uh, we talked about the Sooner Sports content. Uh, one of the interviews Kobe McKenzie was talking about uh, with Caleb Kelly about when Texas came in to talk to him, all they talked about was money, how much money I was going to make, what I was going to be into, that kind of stuff. And he was like, man, I, I wanted to talk about how we're going to turn this program around. How are we going to get, you know, how are we going to win games, that kind of stuff. And that was never really part of the conversation. And Brent came in and it was, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to win you know, yada, yada, yada. And I think for the kids that look at it from that perspective, and Kobe said something like, you know, if I do the right stuff, I'll make money. That's going to be fine. But I think for the kids that can see it that way and can look at it that way, oh, OU is going to be as good an option as anybody. Now, if you come out and it's just NIL, 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 I don't think OU is going to be pushing that hard for you anyway. Like, I... I just don't think that's it's how almost, Brent sees it. I, it's almost a way to separate uh, what you want versus, you know, trying to kind of, like we talk about bus and all that stuff, like it kind of, for, for Brent, he's using it as a way to say if someone cares so much about that stuff, he's not going to be as good a player as we need him to be. He's not going to develop. Yeah. He's not going to work hard enough to become a great it, college football player. If that's where it his helps you is. weed yeah. out you know, the, the guys that aren't in it for the right reasons that yeah. might or, quit on you, you know, anyway. And, and again, I mean, maybe Brent's right about that. Maybe he's not, but it's a way for him to know, you know, who I want to focus on, like who I want to put my energy into. Well, and it's kind of like, I, it's kind of like, you know, it like simplifies. If A&M really is, you know, spending all this money for all this talent that Alabama and all these other people want, like, I think Alabama's given everybody the false sense of security that if you just recruit the best players, you're going to win. When it is about so much more than that. Like, Georgia's had really good players for a very long time until Kirby Smart came in there. They always underachieved. Like, Nick Saban, it's just taken for granted that Alabama will sign a bunch of five stars and do really well. That's not how it works. It's like, it's not, and I know 
you have to fight these battles all the time about five stars matter and all this, and that is true, but development is a big part of that. And if you're you're getting all these five stars that only care about how much money they're going to make, how invested are they in your team, in, in su- the success of your team? Are they just invested sure. in their own personal gains? Like, that's something I, that you have to take it. I think I'm on Brent's side with that part of this thing. Yeah, and, and people always try to take it to an extreme. And I know it's not what you're doing. When I talk about you know stars matter and those things, you have to have a base level of talent or you are not going to win a national championship. Right. I don't care yes. what you do, what you say. And I know that's not what you're arguing against. Right. No, I'm, that, I, I was that's telling always you, look my at, point. Look you're at never Georgia and go, Alabama in the national championship yes. game. The amount of talent that's on that field makes you feel worse about your program, no matter who you are in the country. Nobody else is at that level that those two teams were at. Absolutely. You know, but A&M might be close, at but the same time. It. It's not the only thing that wins games. Like I like the things that separate Alabama from, you know, let's just be honest, Texas A&M. His name's Nick Saban. Like, right. and, and it's his staff. The talent level it's the is work not they that put different. in. And, I mean, like Alabama yes. would love to have the A chain kid. I mean, everybody would. Georgia would yep. like they'd love to have some of their defensive players. They lost four games. Like, so tell me, yep. if they're that close in talent level, how do they lose four games and not even be a factor in their own conference race? I mean, you're going to tell me, and I mean, I don't get me wrong, A&M's recruiting this year was even better than it's been, but that's been a top six class the last three years. So, I mean, you've got almost a roster full of top, borderline top five type talent, and they lost to Mississippi State at home. They lost to Ole Miss. I mean, like, you know, what are we what are we talking about here? Like this this idea that oh, he's just going to go win a championship now that he's done this. Man, that's not how this works. I'm just saying to have it, like it's it's kind of like a it's like a it's it's like going through a door where you have those little scan cards. You can't go in the door to go play or to even compete for the national championship unless you have a certain amount of talent. Now, once you're in there, I'm not saying you're going to win it, but that's the only way you're getting in that door. Is it um, because guys? I mean, Cincinnati, great story. Cincinnati had no business on the field with Alabama. No, none. I mean, they 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 couldn't play with them. Say the same thing about Michigan. That's a really good team. Yeah, like it's it's (laughs) that's one of those things where you cannot fake it. You you just can't. I I watch guys all the time that dominate. You know, Oklahoma high school football or Texas high school football or whatever, and then they go down to the Under Armour game and it's nothing but dudes everywhere. And all of a sudden, they look pretty human. Like, they're oh, that okay. Like, the water gets deeper, and some guys are so gifted that they rise to it. But, yeah, you, you can't, like, the four of us are not going to coach every five-star in the, in the last four years to a national championship. That's not going to work. There's more to it than that. But at the same time, it's your way, it's the only way you're getting in the door. Rant soapbox ran over for all of us, I guess. Sorry, you, I, I, yeah, I, I, I just always want to be careful because I'm not saying that's all there is, but it's got to be your starting point. I'm just saying it, it, it. My point was, I like Brent Venable's attitude just from weeding out the bad element. Sure, and you know I, he's going to be I able. Love the he's still going to. Of... He's still going to recruit at a very high level just because he's got a good staff. He himself has always been a great recruiter. Like they're just gonna, they're going to bring in good dudes. Now, 
Are they going to bring in the same dudes that Alabama did, that Clemson had been, that Georgia is? That's the question. And we'll see. And, guys, the the crazy thing, and somebody brought this to my attention. I won't say this wasn't my, you know, uh, an original thought. The difference between number three, Georgia, and Oklahoma at number eight, uh, from a points total in the recruiting class, is about the same as Oklahoma at number eight and 36 Boston College. Like, that. that's how clustered some of the elite talent is at the very top of the recruiting world. I'm trying to make sense of that, and I can't. I really can't. So, okay, Georgia had 31, like almost 3,200 total points uh-huh. in rivals, you know, uh, recruiting. OU had about 2,350. Okay. So you're, you're talking, you know, uh, 850 points difference. Right. The same difference to get down to about 1,500 points takes you to number 36 Boston College. Like that that gap is so the same from half, three to eight to eight to thirty six. The star number or half the, the point totals as Georgia yeah. does. I yeah. I mean Texas A and M had thirty three seventy seven, OU had twenty three forty two. That's like a thousand points. That's multiple five stars difference. Yeah. Like five or six. That that's just it's crazy. I mean, that, that, like I said, that's how clustered it is. Now, the thing with A&M, when you recruit like this, there's no seven and five. You, you better go win something that matters. And to do so, they're going to have to get through Alabama, Georgia, LSU. Uh, I mean, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. It's, it, it's about to get real deep real fast. And we'll see. Like I said, I... Slice I'm bread will be on you. his I, ass I, I, if he doesn't. Oh, and and not on Bro Bible. Good guy. I, I I'm glad I got to interact with Billy Lucci. It'd been too long. That that was that was enjoyable and and actually a reasonable discourse with Billy Lucci. I'll, I'll give him absolutely his credit on that one. That was that was one of our better uh, you know Twitter run ins last night. I did see some of that. Yeah. Taylor I mean, it was all right. <laughs> No, f- f- it. I, I I would have dinner with Billy Lucci eight days a week before I'd spend a minute with Taylor Ham. Billy, if if that's what it comes down to, Billy can come have dinner with me and the girls. Like that's fine. It Ugh. is. It's it is bizarre because Billy is friends with people I'm friends with or have acquaintances with, and none of them say anything bad about him and none of them will say anything bad about me i'm sure but it is like this world that we live in i guess to where oh it's just yeah but i will say it did i i believe him when he says that those numbers aren't what people are throwing out there now there's still there's still 15 to 20 million probably that is being committed to this thing but you know which is more than yeah, everybody the, else the, but Texas is committing to stuff like that. The the Jimbo saying it's not one million. No, no, I'm not buying that at all. That that's that's no sale for me. Um but and I, the dangerous the, thing like, is I, I mean the, the dangerous thing is you have to find ways to, you know, to for these guys to earn this money 
and you don't know how much yep. of their time this is going to take up. I mean, people, it's like, the thing that I think is scary about it is like, if you get all these players that think they're getting paid for doing nothing, because there's, and I think Brent kind of said that yesterday, it's like, you have to do things to earn money. No one just gives it to you. And if they yep. do, it's not being done the right way. And you're probably going to get yep. shut down. I, my whole thing, I don't have, you know, and I, got, I was talking to him about it. I, got, I, I thought I was really about to get into trouble with the A&M fan base. But to be fair, they, I think they were so happy they didn't really care what I had to say about anything. <laughs> but the, I, I don't blame, I, I didn't get why he was so defensive about it. You're not breaking any rules. Who cares what Lane Kiffin's mad about? I've said the same thing. Like, why are you worrying about it? Like, you acting defensive makes it seem like something's wrong. If I think he's, I think what it is, fine. Here's what it is: the coaches that have been involved in doing the shady shit over the years, their first, like their first defense mechanism is always to push back as hard as you can. So people will think, well, yeah. he's obviously not cheating because he's very upset about being called a, doing well, something wrong. It's just like Nick Saban saying, like, I, I, what, what are you talking about? Now it's all above board. Like, okay, Nick, all, all those Dodge Challengers, those are just coming out of thin air. Were they like, what, what, like, stop, like, just stop, like, don't dig the hole. It's same See, deal with Lincoln and the guardrails. Stop saying shit. It's not true. You're going down the same road that I get pissed off about, which is. Yo, know, it's like just because someone has a Dodge Challenger doesn't mean that they're getting money under the table. Like if you're getting a free college education and you come from just a regular family, like they've been saving up for you to go to college so that you have a college fund. And then when it becomes free, like you have enough money that you can buy someone a Dodge Challenger, regardless of whether they're black, white, yellow, brown, whatever. Like parents can buy their kid a, a, a new car if they're going to college for free. Sure, I, and in I, some I, cases, I, I, I believe I don't know that. why I let myself get upset about that, but it's just like not every kid that plays football comes from the sticks and is, you know, poor. I mean, sometimes people are no. just regular. Like, you think every kid at Jinx and Broken Arrow and, and Union, like some of those kids are well off and they're good athletes. They're just normal. But it's amazing that they all have <laughs> the where. same taste in cars. <laughs> Man, kids love Dodge Challengers. That they all look because so similar from all these different places. Dodge Challengers are just engines with four wheels on them. I mean, the the biggest engines you get, they're fun. Like, I love driving my car fast. Like, it's just like, it's fun. I could, And if I had my car when I was 20 years old, it would be dangerous. Like, I, I think I saw where Patrick Field's car just had the front end just, like, ripped off of it. Like, it's just, like... And those guys get their cars and they just rev them up and it's just fun. I get it. I I don't fault anybody. I at the same time I I think it's a practice <laughs> naivete to be like no Nick say I mean the guy's been slick Nick for twenty years like what, what are, I mean we really gonna argue like no this stuff doesn't happen or Nick Saban's watch like come on let the Let's be honest. It, it's the same deal. Like Nick Nick Saban didn't just become the recruiter of the year every year by accident. Like he is Nick Saban like this incredibly engaging personality. Hell no, he's not. 
No, like, I he's, think we, he's borderline we, we a pain all, in the ass. We all know people that will tell you absolutely shady shit has been going on in Alabama for a long time. Yeah. And now they don't have to mess with it because of NIL, so they'll just figure But, I mean, that's the thing. What, what, and again, we're, we're running, we're like almost two hours long, so we'll wrap it up. But, uh, I, I find it comically interesting that people like Alabama are now worried about Texas and Texas A&M because they know if it's a game about donors and donor money, no one else can win. Like, if it's under the table and shady and we can get away with it, then, you know, it's it's our advantage. But if all this stuff is out in the open, then, my God, all of a sudden, the teams and the programs that have the biggest boosters, they have an advantage, and that's not fair. Like, I find mm-hmm. it completely disingenuous. Oh, 100%. It's, it's a joke. And I mean, OU is, is right is. there with Alabama. They're like, they can't compete with Texas and Texas A&M when it comes to, you know, total donor bases. They just can't. Nobody can. But it's up to the NCAA to make sure that it, it you know, I mean, it was Lane Kiffin that talked about the salary cap or they, they have to pay luxury tax on this recruiting class. Like, that's what pissed off Jimbo mm-hmm. Fisher more than anything. Yep. I, you didn't, like, again, it, it reeks of a guilty conscience. Like, you didn't do anything wrong. That's all you the have way to it's say. Set I'm up sorry. Now, yeah. our, our, the way it's set up, no one's cheating yep. because everything is allowed, including making a slush fund to distribute it to money launder it to the players somehow. You just have to figure out a way to do it. Anyway. All right. That's another thing we can talk about for another time. But uh, I know Britt Venables is coming up here quickly. I think Bob had to shoot out. Uh, Eddie, um, I know you'll be on the call here coming Mm -hmm. up. Uh, So we'll let you guys know on the boards, you know, what Brent had to say without breaking up today and get more on on Jaron Kanak and kind of, that whole thing and, um, you know, hiring the assistants from Clemson and how that all went down. And <laughs> are, we, are we all, is everybody going to just ask the same questions that they asked yesterday? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, have to, they have to, right. It's all kind of the same that was stuff, so frustrating. but it was frustrating because you get half of his answer and you didn't want to give anything out of context. So like, right. Yeah. It, it I was sucks. comparing it to like those stupid commercials where like, uh, you know, you only get half the message on the cell phones. Like, it's a costume party. <laughs> Dress up. Or, you know, when Rob Gronkowski announced he was coming back from retirement because uh, Tom Brady's message was all screwed up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we just didn't want to, like... And that's what's cool about Brady. He's like, yeah, it was messed up. Let's do it again today. So, like, yeah. you'd never get that. No, he's been great. The, the he's been great. And a, uh, a, uh, a thank you to Mike Halk for getting it done, too, because... Look at that. Huh? Nothing. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we will see you guys back here again next week. I think this this definitely a contender for longest pod ever. Uh, so appreciate you guys I was just wondering, listening. have we ever done a two-hour one? I think we have almost. Like, this is almost two hours. Uh, but I will say this. By the time we're potting next week, at some point this weekend... I've just about got all our pre-orders, uh, our, our pre-sale done with the site. I have a few stragglers I'm trying to uh, wane in here, ring in here. But we'll have some unofficial 40 hats available on the website on Soonerscoopstore.com. Uh, so uh, keep checking that out. And those will be, visors are sold out. The black uh, uh, Richardsons are sold out. 
The crimson ones are almost sold out, but we'll have some of the Imperials, uh, the caps for you available as well. So, so take, keep an eye out for that because uh, those will go fast. So um, if you want to know when it goes on sale, just shoot me an email, cmurdoch at soonerscoop.com, and uh, I will uh, let you know. So, all right, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys back here again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from soonerscoop.com. <laughs>